Thank you, Gage, Caden, Shelby, and Katia. Amen. What a, what a blessing that is. Amen. And uh, the time is slipping away pretty quick. And it uh, seems like a minute ago uh, that that little girl was born. Mine was in it. Of course, I know you parents feel the same way with yours. And uh, they'll be singing, then they'll be teenagers, then they'll be uh, pushing us in a wheelchair, hopefully not down the hill. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Wonderful. <clears throat> Ma'am? Then they'll be senior citizens. That's right. Amen. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I forgot. Listen, I forgot an announcement. Moving right along, we're trying to keep a little feud from breaking out here amongst mother and daughter. But I forgot to make the announcement. Brother and Mrs. Kelly reminded me. Thank you. The services for Abe Craft will be Thursday. Uh, 10 a.m. will be the visitation and the uh, service will be at 11 a.m. We do need desserts for that. If you could help bring them on Wednesday night, that'd be great. Uh, Miss Judy? It is, but I haven't received any instructions from the two bossy ladies who take care of that. Amen. And so, a amen. Uh, so you let me know, and I'll get a calling post out on Tuesday, amen? <laughs> so anyway, in the Psalms tonight, amen? <laughs> Who said you can't have fun in church? They never came to our church, amen? We looked last week, we just, I, I feel like we just kind of got started, really just scratched the surface. It's really a blessing. Um, I wanted to preach more, uh, but I knew that uh, this, this week was coming, this message was coming, and, and so we looked at Psalm 23, and we opened by looking at the picture of a shepherd. It, it, it uses the terminology here, the Lord is my shepherd, and we talked about <clears throat> the demand for a shepherd, and why is there a demand for a shepherd? Why? Because sheep are dumb, and they're defenseless, and they're directionless, and they're distracted, and they're utterly dependent. And by the way, uh, as we nod and we laugh, God compares us to sheep. Aptly compares us to sheep. Because we can be the exact same way. We're accurately uh, compared to sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray, the Bible says in Isaiah 53 verse 6. So we looked at the picture of a shepherd, the demand of a shepherd, and the duties of a shepherd. He's to, to lead, uh, to feed, to defend, to guard, to seek the flock. But then also we looked at the description of a shepherd. There are, there are really two different types of shepherds in the Bible. There are faithful shepherds and there are unfaithful shepherds. There are courageous shepherds and there are cowardly shepherds. There are selfless shepherds and there are selfish shepherds. Remember, Jesus talked a lot about that when he called himself the good shepherd and he talked about the difference between the shepherd and the hireling. Say, so what's the hireling? It's somebody who just gets paid to do the job. That's all. He, he doesn't care about the sheep. But the shepherd loves the sheep. Amen. And so we looked at that. So we looked at the picture of a shepherd. Then we looked at the perfect shepherd. Uh, in our text, it doesn't just say, uh, the, the first two words are really the key. The Lord is my shepherd. 
Uh, Jesus is called the good shepherd. He's called uh, the great shepherd in Hebrews 13, 20. He's called the chief shepherd in 1 Peter uh, chapter number 3. And so we looked at that there, the perfect shepherd, the picture of a shepherd. So tonight, we're just going to continue with that outline here. Notice with me, not only the picture of a shepherd and the perfect shepherd, but notice the personal shepherd, the personal shepherd. It doesn't just say the Lord is the shepherd. Now he is, praise God. But you know what he says here? The Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. This little personal pronoun, my, provides great insight and a great contrast. The verse begins with the Lord. And that's that word Jehovah. We mentioned that last week. Talked a little bit about that. That is the omnipotent God who created all that is by the word of his power. That's the Lord. Amen. That, that is our Lord. And here we see little insignificant David. Forgive me, lady, uh, ladies and gentlemen, one of millions upon millions. Isn't that what we are when we think about it? There, there's almost 8 billion people on planet Earth. We're just, forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, we're just one of many. We're one of many. And here's David, little insignificant David, who himself cared for sheep when he was young, defended them and guarded them and, and kept them as a shepherd. And what he says here is that the one who keeps all things by the word of his power is his personal shepherd. He can rightly lay claim to us as our creator. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, He hath created us and not ourselves. He, he's certainly our creator, Amen. He's certainly our Redeemer. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his old way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. However, both of these, ladies and gentlemen, are what we would refer to as corporate or group. He's the Redeemer of all who call upon him, correct? <clears throat> He's the Creator of all. But... When we personally ask Him, not only we recognize Him as Creator and our Redeemer, but when we personally ask Him to be our Savior, that's personal. Oh, He is the Savior of all men, especially to them that believe. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen? He's a personal Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you remember that day in your life? You may not remember the exact date. Uh, I think we, we figured out, my wife several years ago, we, we figured out when her date was in 1981. And I remember mine. Mine was uh, uh, February 26, 1995. But more than anything else, I remember the fact, Brother Ken, that I called upon the name of the Lord and that He was my personal Savior. I like what Adrian Rogers said. By the way, I like a lot of what Adrian Rogers says. Tremendous preacher, gone on to glory. He said this, when you say my shepherd, the shepherd says my sheep. You know, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you said my shepherd. And he said my sheep. 
and he calleth his own sheep by name, Jesus said. Amen. So he's a personal shepherd. He's the perfect shepherd. There's the picture of a shepherd. And then I like this in verses 1 through 3. He's also the providing shepherd. Look what it says there at the end of verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then what's it say, ladies and gentlemen? I shall not want. I shall not want. This is an extremely encouraging portion of Scripture. As sheep are extra needy. Okay, let me, let me put it this way. Parents, you have children? Huh? They're pretty needy. Amen. Forgive me, uh, when they're young, they don't contribute a lot except dirtying diapers and sucking down milk bottles. They just got a lot. I, I always laugh. The, the Tharp brothers are awesome. I, I just, I love the Tharp. I love being around them. Amen. First of all, they always encourage me. But Brother Boston, what does Darren always say to Eric? He says, you're an, you're an endless pile of wants and needs. That's what he says to his brother. Amen. I laugh about that. But listen, sheep are needy. You know what David says here? Because the Lord is my shepherd, I, I'll never, I'll, I'll not be in want. Now that doesn't, it's not talking about financial here. You know, people say, well, you never have hard times or anything like that. That's not what it's talking about here. He's talking about him as a shepherd. And he says here, I shall not be in want. And I want you to look here at some things that the shepherd provides for the sheep in this text. If you look at verse 2, it says this, he maketh me to what? Lie down. Can I tell you this? The shepherd provides rest for the sheep. I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it is something, it is a unique thing to rest in the Lord. Now you think about this. The illustration he's giving here is that these sheep would come to a green pasture and the shepherd would actually make them lie down. They didn't necessarily want to. Can I, can I give you just a, a great illustration? You know God made one in seven for you to rest and worship? One day out of seven is for rest and worship. It's not for you to go out on the boat. It's, forgive me, it's not for you to mow grass. It's not for you, fill in the blank. I know people are busy, got things to do. I get that, amen. But listen to me, God made one in seven for rest and worship. He makes us, if we could say it that way, to lay down. But the more in there, He provides rest. And I want to tell you something. Those sheep, as long as the shepherd was there, they could rest. You know what? Our God is eternal. The Lord is my shepherd. The eternal one. The omnipotent one. The omnipresent one. He is my shepherd. So when He brings me to a pasture, I can rest in Him. You know, the older I get, and I'm not old, and I know you know that all God's senior citizens said, thank you for that amen. I knew I could get an amen on that one. The older I get, the more I'm learning to trust Him. Now, we, we trust Him with our never-dying soul, but we still like to hang on to our life, don't we? 
it's, it's, it's hard. I, I mentioned about another pastor who had retired, and he'd, he'd been in, uh, the senior pastor at a church for 35, 40 years, and he had a young man that he's helping to transition in. But I told him, I said, it's hard when you've had your hand on the wheel for 40 years. Take your hand off. You ever seen that bumper sticker that says, Jesus is my co-pilot? Almost always go up to him and say, switch places. Huh? The Lord is my shepherd. He, he, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. So he provides rest. Secondly, if you look there, it says, he maketh me to lie down where? In green pastures. And he leadeth me beside the what? The still water. So not only does he provide rest, but he provides refreshment. Refreshment. He does that for us. Can I tell you, it's a wonderful thing when you read your Bible because you want to. Not because you have to. Forgive me, hey, hey, teenagers, not because you're checking off a little box on our daily schedule. That's all right. That's all right. It's good to ha- help, help people form good habits, keep people accountable. Nothing wrong with that. But it sure is a blessing when He leadeth us into green pastures and beside the still waters of His Word. And where we literally take refreshment from God. You know, old Vance Havner, I, I always recommend Vance Havner as an author. Uh, he, he really, I'm going to run into this one of these times here. I better move this over. And uh, old Vance Havner, he, he used to talk about, Brother John, about the value of just walking in the woods. Just take a walk in the woods. Just, just take a walk and look around and allow God to refresh you. You know, he's, the Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. He's a providing shepherd. He provides rest. He provides refreshment. You know what else it says there? If you look at verse 3, look at it with me. Read it with me. He restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. He provides rest. He provides refreshment. He provides restoration. Can we say this? Each one of our souls had gone astray and still goes astray. And you know what He does? He restores us. I love the story of the prodigal son. It's a a parable. It's Jesus. He's talking to the Pharisees there. But there's so many little side notes in it that you can take and I think the one that that really uh, grasps me is how the father, as soon as as soon as the son took one step toward the father, he ran to him, met him, and then the son said, "Listen, it's I just want to be a servant. That that'd be enough for me." And he said, "Oh no, you're going to be completely restored as a son." You know, God does that. God does that. Uh, I think, Brother Hutchins, I think, I think you're the master here of the restoration project, amen, the, 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 the vehicles. It ta- listen, literally taking a vehicle that's not worthy of fixing up and actually fixing it up and making something up. You know, there's a whole bunch of us, and I'll just use myself, that aren't really worthy of fixing up. You know what God does? He fixes us up, little by little, piece by piece. Day by day, decision by decision, we're conformed into His image. Why? 
because he's our shepherd, amen? He provides rest. He provides uh, refreshment. He provides restoration. Then if you look at the end of verse 3, it says that he leadeth me in the paths of what? Righteousness. Listen to me, young people. If you will allow the Lord to be your shepherd, he will lead you in the right paths. He won't lead you into sin. He won't lead you to compromise. He will lead you in the paths of righteousness. Why? For His namesake. We're Christians. We carry the name of Christ. What did Jesus say in that wonderful Lord's Prayer? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So He's the He's the providing shepherd. And I like it here, if you notice these words, he maketh, he leadeth, he restoreth. You know what that that tells me as a shepherd? uh, Listen, he's not just waiting for things to go wrong. He's an initiator. He's an initiator. He's our, our providing shepherd. What a shepherd he is. So, There's the picture of the shepherd. There's the perfect shepherd. There's the personal shepherd. There's the providing shepherd. Oh, I love this part. Look at verse 4. Oh, what a verse. What a verse. This verse has been a comfort to so many. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Say, what's that? That's the present shepherd. The present shepherd. The one who is always there. Notice with me uh, in this text here, in, in this verse, the canvas of valleys. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley. I think most of us know that in the scriptures, many times the valleys are symbolic of trials in our lives. We, we sing that wonderful song here. The God of the mountain is still God in the valley, amen? That the, There's this idea, the canvas of valleys, it's illustrative of trials. And so there's not only the canvas of valleys here, but there's also the commonality of valleys. Yea, though I walk through the valley. You say, what do you mean by that? That means everybody has valleys. Everybody. That person that you look at that's smiling all the time, they have valleys. Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, Jesus said, It rains on the just and on the unjust. Job said to his wife when, when she told him, Why don't you just curse God and die? And by the way, I always say, Take it easy on Mrs. Job. She just lost 10 kids and her husband was an absolute mess. Job said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women. Shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and shall we not receive evil? This is just the world we live in. Valleys, there's a commonality of valleys. That person, again, that you know, they've been through some valleys. And I like what somebody said. They said a, a valley is just the spot between two mountaintops. That's all a valley really is, if you think about it. So there's the canvas of valleys. There's the commonality of valleys. And can I tell you this? There's the certainty of one particular valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of... Each one of us, ladies and gentlemen, has a birth date, a dash, and a death date. We don't know when it's going to be. 
We hope it's not going to be for a while, but I'm telling you what, it's as certain as can be. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and so death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Each one of us is going to walk into that valley of the shadow of death. So there's the canvas of valleys, there's the commonality of valleys, there's the certainty of a valley. But what we see here is the comfort in the valley. The comfort. Why can we have comfort in this valley? First of all, because of His purpose. Say, what's His purpose? Yea, though I walk through the valley. This valley here is not to be stayed in. It's His purpose that we go through it. But then there's no more valley. It's very similar to storms in the Bible. You go through storms, and then, there are, then the storm ends, and you're on the other side of the storm. So His purpose that we would go through the valley is comforting. His presence, Thou art with me. Remember when the disciples came to Jesus in that storm, and they said, Master, save us, we perish. And in essence, He said, I'm here. We're not going to perish if I'm here. Thou art with me. Here's the wonderful thing. You know your shepherd is ever present with you. He's omnipresent. Always there. I don't know about you, that's comforting to me. That no matter what I go through, he goes through it with me. How about this? When Jesus was here physically on earth, you know what he went through? Everything that we would go through says that in Hebrews chapter 2, that he might be able to sympathize with us, that he knows what it is to be tempted. So the comfort of the valleys, his purpose, his presence, and I love this, his protection, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Knowing that we have that protective Savior who's ready to defend us, should we need him too? He's the present shepherd. He's the providing shepherd. He's a personal shepherd, the perfect shepherd, the picture of a shepherd. Verse number five. Notice the preparation of the shepherd. Very interesting here. He says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. This table, oil, and cup are for each individual believer. And they are both practical and prophetic. Say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? There's a great hymn we sing. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites His chosen people come and dine. You know what? When you got saved... You, you became a pilgrim in a strange land, didn't you? Forgive me, if you're a Christian here today, you know Christ is your Savior, we're in enemy territory. Why? Because Satan is the God of this world, small g, amen? Small g. He's the God of this world. He's under God's authority. God has allowed him some measure of authority here. He's in charge of this old wicked world. That's why it is the way it is. 
But you know what he says here? He said, thou preparest a table for me in the midst of my... Let me just give you a few things about, about these, the, the table, the oil, and the cup. The table refers to feasting upon God's Word. This table. It's a banquet table. It, the food's good. The food's good. It'll nourish you spiritually. So there's feasting upon God's Word. Uh, 1 Peter 2, 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Later on, the, the, the Word is called strong meat. It's for our sustenance. It's that table. But then there's not only feasting upon God's Word, there's the filling of God's Spirit. Uh, that is the oil. Oil is often compared to the Holy Spirit. And that the moment, ladies and gentlemen, the moment that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, according to Ephesians 1.13, you got the Holy Spirit. And you got all of Him that you're ever going to get. The question is, He's trying to get more and more of you. Are you letting Him? So there's the, the feasting upon God's Word, the table. There's the filling of God's Spirit. That's the oil. And then there's the flowing over of God's joy. That's the cup. My cup runneth over. Can I tell you this? If there's anybody that ought to have some joy on their face, it's a Christian. Amen. You know, sometimes I look at people during singing and no, I'm not talking about when we sing. Pastor Alex tells us that. Make sure you smile when you sing. You know how hard that is, amen, to smile when you sing, Pastor Alex? I and mean, we're up there like... <laughs> but I'm talking about when, when, when the kids are singing. And we're all sitting out here. I see some people, Brother Cole, they're like... I'm not picking on Brother Cole. He wasn't doing it. Let me go over here and pick on somebody, amen? <laughs> no, you, you understand what I mean? It's like, hey, what gives you joy? It ought to come from knowing the shepherd. It ought to come from the fact that he's my shepherd. He prepares a table for, for me in the presence of mine enemies. He anoints my head with oil, and my cup's just running over. Joy. So there's feasting upon God's Word. There's the table. There's the filling of God's Spirit. That's the oil. There's the flowing over of God's joy. That's the cup. But you know what it all has to do with? It has to do with fellowship with God, and that's communion. That I am having fellowship with my shepherd. Not only feasting, not only filling, not only flowing, but fellowshipping with my shepherd. The picture of the shepherd. The perfect shepherd, the personal shepherd, the providing shepherd. What does he provide? He provides rest, refreshment, restoration, right paths. The present shepherd, the canvas of valleys, the commonality of valleys, the certainty of valleys, the comfort in the valleys. What's the comfort? His purpose, his presence, his protection, and then the preparation from, from the shepherd. He gives us this table, this oil, this cup, the feasting upon God's Word, the filling of God's Spirit, the flowing over of God's joy from fellowshipping with Him. And then lastly, the promises of the shepherd. Two of them are temporal, meaning during this life, and one of them is eternal. The first one, and I try to stick with the, the outline, the alliteration, says, Surely, 
goodness and mercy. By the way, that word surely is an important word. Certainly. Absolutely. Without question. Surely. Number one, notice his mighty goodness. I couldn't help but think of you, Brother Ken, when I thought of that phrase. When you pray, you say, Lord, we thank you for your mighty goodness to us. Say that a lot. What does it say there? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You think, listen, this, this, this would be a praise session right here, this, this verse. You start thinking about God's goodness in your life. This April mentioned this morning a little, little baby that had had a stroke and passed away this afternoon. Just heartbreaking. Can I ask you a question? And, and, and by the way, some of you could answer yes to this. Maybe you lost a child or, or a baby, but the vast majority of us have not. Our children have grown up healthy and happy and are moving on, doing, doing things. Think about how good God's been to you. You know, we live in a country where there's an abundance of employment for anybody that wants to work. Let me say that again. For anybody that wants to work. Again, I, I try to study history. You know why the Nazi party came to power? Unemployment in Germany. Young men didn't have anything to do. They were easy targets. Here's, here's a little bread. Here's a little money. Here's a little ideology. Same thing will happen again one day. You ever praise God for being able to work, having jobs, being able to support your family, have four walls and a fireplace? Hey, those are just the temporal things. How about God's goodness in your life to fellowship with you, to feast on His Word? I mean, just go back a verse. The Holy Spirit, a church family. Those are all good things, amen? So His mighty goodness... Secondly, that, and that's temporal, that's while we're here. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. As long as we have breath and life on this earth. You know what he says here? If the Lord's my shepherd, goodness is going to be with me. Mighty goodness. But then there's also merciful gladness. Not only mighty goodness, but surely goodness and mercy. You know what mercy is? Hey, listen to me, young person. You know what mercy is? Mercy is you not getting what you deserve. You, listen, read through the Psalms. I, 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 love, I love the humanity of the Psalms. There are times, Brother Boston, where David says, Lord, break their teeth to his enemies. You know, in essence, he says, give them what they deserve. Give them what they deserve. But he says, for those of us that know the Lord is our shepherd, we don't get what we deserve. Hey, can I tell you this? Scripturally, you and I deserve hell. That's what we deserve. That's what we've earned as sinners. He doesn't give us that because He's our shepherd. So thankfully, as long as we're here on this earth and He is our shepherd, <clears throat> we've claimed Him as our shepherd, His mighty goodness will be with us and His merciful gladness will be with us. But then one day, ladies and gentlemen, we will observe with our eyes His majestic greatness. All because He was our shepherd. All because we had gone astray and He had brought us back. 
Look what it says there at the end of verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There's a great old hymn called How Beautiful Heaven Must Be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. You listen to me. If the Lord is your shepherd, that's where he's taken you. One day. But I love the fact that one day sometimes doesn't come for a long time. I, I do my little baseball tournament, and uh, we had 48 this year. I had 23 cancellations because we had that snowstorm the day before. Just awful. Like, I would have had 72 people here. And I got, I'll have guys online, they'll say, I'm going to come to that one day. I said, one day never comes. But you know, in regards to this, one day will come eventually. But I love this. He, he, he's got that, that greatness for one day, but you know what he's got? He's got his mercy and his goodness for every day. Aren't you glad for that? The day you make him your shepherd is the day you get all of this. Think about that when, when we got saved. We, we didn't know. We just knew we were sinners and needed to be saved. But you know, when you, the, the moment you got saved, you got salvation. You got redemption. You got justification. You got eternal security. You got the Spirit of God indwelling you. You got all those spiritual blessings of Ephesians chapter 1 that it talks about. You got all that. You didn't know you got all that. Listen, the moment you said, my shepherd, and he said, my sheep, you know what you got? You got the perfect shepherd. You got the personal shepherd. You got the providing shepherd. You got the present shepherd. You got the preparation of the shepherd. And you know what else you got? You got the promises of the shepherd. Say, what's that? His mighty goodness, his merciful gladness, and his majestic greatness one day. I'll tell you, this is the psalm of psalms, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? The Lord is my shepherd. Thank God. Hey, let's let him be the shepherd of our lives. Hmm? Let's stop doing what we want to do. And let the shepherd lead and restore, amen, and uh, provide and he maketh me to lie down. He leadeth me. He restoreth my soul. A psalm of psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. Father, thank you.